You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Time flies when you're having fun. And speaking of having fun, Kevin Older is with me again to record Geekiest Show Ever, episode 76. How are you this week, Kevin? I'm doing well, Mark. I'm a little tired. Another another long week at work, and traffic was absolutely horrendous this evening. Uh, as our listeners in the United States will know, this is a holiday weekend, or as uh, the Commonwealth might say, it's a bank holiday. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend here in the United States, so it's the theoretical, or I guess the the system, the the end of summer. The uh, what they call the end of summer because most of the kids, if they haven't gone back to school, they go back to school this coming week. Um, so traffic coming home this evening was horrific. It took me 33 minutes to go nine miles. Wow. And it was like I was ready to strangle people. <laughs> that This was one of those days, Mark, when I wish I drove an M1 or an M60 uh, tank and I could just drive over the stupid people. And get where I need to be. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? You know, we, what I think we really need to do is aim towards those little Google self-driven cars that drive themselves. You'd eliminate so many problems. You know, if you could actually have every car in, in the world, and I know this is an impossible thing, most probably in our lifetime to ever achieve, but if you could have all cars just going seamlessly, I remember first seeing something like this in uh, Total Recall, the original movie, and... Um, you know, they were driving themselves, and it's like, if you can get it perfect, and, and Google's done, I think they've clocked just over 300,000 kilometers without an accident. You know, I don't think a human could do that much driving without a, a bingle, you know, certainly without, you know, winding down the window and giving someone the bird. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's pretty pretty good and pretty reliable. And, um, you know, so I, I, I sort of see a future like that where we could just sit back relax maybe get some work done you know the the whole telecommuting thing imagine if you could spend you in you know if you say it a work day is eight hours well it's really longer than that because depending on your commute it might be nine or ten ten and a half hours but if you could do some work in that commute and then be at work for like five or six hours and then on the way home do some more work that's what you call a life you know you're not just working your ass off and getting nowhere with it. So uh, yeah. they, they, they need to change the, the transportation systems. Well, you know, uh, two things. One, the train system. I was just helping one of the guys I work with who has a long commute. He comes in for the week and goes back home. Um, and I showed him how to use the train because he said the drive was getting to be a bit much for him. And the trains that I showed him actually have Wi-Fi on them. So he could work on the train ride into the office. Yeah, that's and, cool. You uh, wouldn't need to, to use the little MiFi and have patchiness or just be smooth as. But then the but you, but when you talk about the self-driving cars, does that mean that we could have a toilet in the car so we wouldn't have to wait till we got to work? I and like we've that hit idea. The toilet, <laughs> and we've hit the toilet at the three-minute mark already, folks. So there it is. We've gotten it out of the way for this week. Well, you, you think about it. <clears throat> there is nothing worse than sitting in traffic... And then all of a sudden, nature's calling. It's like, oh, oh, you know, it's the most ungodly feeling. I just, I hate it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things when I had a long commute to work a couple of years back, you know, I'd always make sure that I timed the toilet breaks so that before I left 
work, I, I went on the way home. And then before I left for work, I, I would I would go as well, even if I didn't really need to go. And, um, you know, because you just know if I'm sitting there for an hour to an hour and a half and you get stuck in traffic, the mind unfortunately wanders, you know. And, and yes, you know, I, I do what you do, Kevin. I listen to podcasts driving as, as well. But the mind wanders and all of a sudden out of nowhere you're thinking... Yeah, I, I could use a toilet somewhere around here, and you're looking for public <laughs> toilets, and it's like there's no public toilets, and then you got some public toilets in the back of, you know, petrol stations or gas stations, as you guys would call it, and you know they're absolutely filthy. Sometimes you got to go and ask for the key, and sometimes you got to buy something to get the key, or otherwise they give you a key on this big, you know, brick kind of thing. That's like, oh, for crying out loud, I just used the wall around the corner. <laughs> Well, you, you know, it's funny. I've been commuting for, I've had my commute now for 23 years I've been doing my commute. Um, so, and I commute about 45 miles each way. So, it it's funny, in those years, the things I've seen people do when uh, nature has called. I have more than one time seen a truck on the side of the road, the door open, you know, like the passenger side door. And somebody standing back from the door, and then as you come up to it, oh, goody, he's using, he's got his back to traffic and the door for people coming at him, and we're letting ma- nature take its course underneath the door. So <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I do not know how many times I, you know, I feel sorry for the poor guy. I guess he really had to go, or maybe he has a health problem, but. I mean, can you imagine standing along a busy four-lane road and just relieving yourself? Yeah, I, you know what? I've only ever done it a couple of times, and, uh, you know, it's like never again. You know, and usually it's, you know, we, we don't necessarily have a lot of four-lane roads out here. We tend to have three lanes each way. Uh, most of the time we have two lanes. But, you know, if you're going between country towns in Australia, you can be on the road for a couple of hours without any sort of stop at all. So, of course, you've got to make sure that you've got your petrol, you've got to make sure you've got plenty of water in case you break down. And, you know, if you if nature does call, and look, you know, sometimes you can be fine, then the, the next minute you can get that just gut-wrenching gut ache that God knows where it came from, but, you know, you just you need to go. And uh, when nature calls, well, you know what? I'm the type of person who says I'll go almost anywhere. It's better out than in. I cannot stand to hold it. I know people who, uh, you know, hold it at work all day because the toilets there are, are filthy, for instance, and then they come home and they're in agony all day. And it's like, just for crying out loud, just go. Who cares? Get it out. You know, it's, just, it's actually dangerous, uh, you know, to hold yeah. in stuff like that. It's, it's toxic. Get rid of it. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the, the happy pisser and the happy shitter. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to go anytime and anywhere. You know, if nature calls, I'm going. Well, you know, working in that business, as we've well established that I do over the course of uh, the time we've been doing the show, it, uh, there's no shortage of restrooms where I work. Let's put it that way. Worst comes <laughs> to worst, I go next, to wor- next door to the wastewater treatment plant and I've just got the biggest toilet that anybody could imagine. <laughs> Oh, there's well, a there's a 66 the inch, <laughs> inch sewer line coming into the plant so i mean <laughs> that that's one lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing is uh before uh there's a there's an even bigger line here and it's not in the area that i work in there's actually a sewer line that goes 
from uh, near where I work down into Washington, D.C. It's, 60, it's 66 inches. It's the smallest end of it. It goes up to a 132-inch diameter pipe. And it's elliptical pipe, so it's not round. But, I mean, you literally could put a canoe in it <laughs> and and go down, wow. down with it. Because sewer pipes are designed... Or, all right, here's real geekiness. Because I'm a civil engineer, I know this. A sewer pipe is designed when it's full to only be half the depth of the pipe. You don't design sewers so that they're like water line completely full. You design them so they're half full. Sanitary, well, storm sewer too. But sanitary sewers. So at 132 inches, you half of that, that's what, seven, uh, 60, uh, 66 inches of depth that you normally design for sewer. So five and a half feet of goop floating below you. Is your, is, <laughs> and uh, it ends up down at a huge wastewater treatment plant. And uh, I've been told, I haven't been down there for years, but as you go past the plant, you see what look to be big piles of peanut butter. Oh, it's not peanut butter. Kevin, I just had breakfast and I have peanut butter on my toast. Oh, <laughs> now, now I've got that gun. Got red shin feeling. Can we can we pause while I go to the toilet and I'll come back? Oh. As long as you promise not to take the cam with you. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Boy, we talk so about some interesting things. We certainly do. Now, Kevin, you know what? We've got a new website as well. Tim actually pulled his finger out and actually uh, designed a new website <laughs> for us. And uh, I got to say, um, yeah, you know, it looks better than the old one. I don't know. Do you, do you think we need to hire a professional web designer here? Well, on our on our huge budget that we have for producing the show, I mean, I know you know the untold thousands and thousands of of dollars that are spent in producing and you know coming up with our copious show prep and all the uh, Marge the script girl who helps us in the background. I would say, hell no. What's it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, everyone, go and check out geekiestshowever.com. And uh, Tim has just put a... It's a new theme, so it's not a uh, a newly designed website, but what it does do is it makes it a lot cleaner. You can find out all the episodes that Kevin and I have done, which is uh, plenty at the moment. Um, and you can, of course, go back even to, uh, I believe, episode one, all the way through to uh, episode 76 uh, will be... On that site, so it's your one-stop shop for uh, everything geeky. Show, and I, I've noticed uh, Tim's actually been doing that with other sites as well. The uh, My Mac Podcast has its own dedicated site. Uh, Three Geekiest Ladies, Tech Fan. Uh, so he's sort of getting this this feel. We've all got the same design. Yeah, it's uh, it's good work, and we appreciate what Tim did. It's you know we, we we may have a little fun at his expense, and he's I know he's okay with that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's nice. It's a clean design. Uh, I'm curious. I haven't loaded it. I haven't tried to load it on one of my mobile devices because the old design used to really do something cool on one on an iOS yeah, device. It, it would sort of have that flip kind of um, you know yeah like a uh, flipboard uh, yeah. yeah flipboard type thing. Well, let's see if I can bring it up on the iPad while we're doing the show. And of course, when you do this, nothing ever works. Because I don't even know our website, Geekiest Show. I put Geekiest ever. Geekiest Show ever. You know what's funny? When you actually read the website address, Geekiest Show ever, it reminds me of Geekiest Shower ever. Because the show and the ever are too close together. 
Shower, yeah, shower. <laughs> and it always disturbs me. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's still, it's still got the mobile uh, flipboard effect, which is really cool. So on, on the iPad, uh, it looks absolutely wonderful. So uh, please go and check it out. Leave us some feedback on the different episodes. And uh, please share us on um, on Twitter or Google Plus. Or actually, I want to talk about Twitter. I want to talk well, about Twitter because we're big. We're big. Tw- well, we what do we call it? We we're Twitterholics. Tw- we're Twitterholics, I'd say. Pretty sure. Yeah. We we yeah, need Twitter-holics. we we need Twitterholics or us. Um, <laughs> you know, we we need we need a Bible for people who are addicted to Twitter. Uh, Kevin, what's your opinion on all this talk? Of, you know about Twitter's dying and and Twitter's going to hell because they've made developers, you know, jump through hoops and and then people are saying that, you know, uh, that the really developers made Twitter, which I don't agree with. Um, what, what's your thought on it? Well, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been busy, so I haven't kept up with all of it in great detail. I was a little disappointed. I think it's been maybe a year or so ago when we first started hearing the rumors um, about Twitter was, you know, going to cut back on what these developers could do and their API calls and all that sort of thing. But I, I'm different from you. I do lean a little bit. I think one of the things that really helped Twitter get going was when they allowed developers to come up with other apps. Because, frankly, the original Twitter interface and even the existing one on their website is god-awful. Hmm. I mean, I, it, 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 it's just terrific. And, I mean, I was a huge fan of TweetDeck for a long time. I know it ran under Adobe Air. Everybody stops screaming at me. I'm well aware of Adobe Air and all its problems. But TweetDeck presented things in a nice way, and I really liked it. And it was great up until the time Twitter bought it. And now it's it's gone downhill. Now I still use it because uh, it's a plug-in for Chrome, so that way you don't have to have a Twitter client loaded. But I, you know, I'm worried about it because I don't, I don't think Twitter's dying. But I think I heard on the last episode of the Mac Roundtable, they were discussing this uh, in some detail. Um, uh, Steve Stanger and Bart Bouchot, uh Chuck Joyner, and oh God, I, I think it was Katie Floyd was the other one that was on, and they were talking about. And I really like the idea that uh, Bart, Bart floated. I thought it would have been really neat. I mean, I'd be more than willing to pay a dollar, couple dollars a month U.S. for Twitter. Mm-hmm. They got to make money. I understand that. They're a business. I'm okay with it. They got to pay the bills. They got to feed their kids. You know, somebody's got to pay for the Lamborghinis they drive. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Not be, I'm kidding. Well, they might drive them. I don't know. Um but you know, if if I had to pay a dollar or two dollars a month for the service, it's worth it. Then you hear people talking about uh, app dot, it's app dot net or net dot app. Oh god, app. I can't stand that. You, you can't even get into that to have a look at it. I don't think unless you sign up for the fifty dollar annual account, can you? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not prepared to pay fifty dollars on on something that is unproven. I'll do it on Twitter because. It's proven. I have an identity there. I've got friends on there. But to go on a brand new social networking site that is unproven, basically, in my opinion, anyone who's on there now has more money than sense. 
Yeah, I, I I think it's a bit much. I think, you know, if they jumped in there with uh, with maybe a, a, a again a dollar or two dollar a month service or something like that, I, I'm not against anybody making money. Hey, Kevin, uh, if you look at making money, I mean, should we really be paying for social networking? People don't pay for Facebook. People don't pay for Google Plus. That's all ad supported. You know, they could go down the ad supported model. But instead of locking down so heavily, um, why don't they do what Sony and Microsoft do and Nintendo and, and everyone else with their APIs? Why don't they sell them, sell the developers the API package and earn commission from each sale? You know, I'm a, um, a, a uh, not downcast because that's podcast, I'm a, I'm a uh, Tweetbot user. Now, I paid twice for that app so that I could have it on the iPhone and the iPad and if it ever comes out on the Mac and the final version I'll pay again so why isn't Tweetbot paying Twitter for the use of the API upon every seat that's actually been sold that to me makes more sense then Tweetbot can turn around and say well look they're charging us a dollar because you've bought it because you're using it now we've got to pass that on to the end user and charge an extra dollar something like that it just seems ridiculous that Twitter's sort of cutting down the developers, but there's so many different ways that they could actually make money and make good money off it that has it's been proven. You know, if um, I, I just uh, you know I just don't believe the the claims that people are making that the apps made Twitter because I'm on Twitter because my friends are on there. Because it's a big social network. The only thing the apps have done, in my opinion, is allow everyone to stay on Twitter. I think that's the, the real key difference. The apps do not bring new people into Twitter, in my opinion. Because Okay, I see, I see what you're saying. That, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm hearing people all the time saying, the apps are great, they, they made Twitter. I don't believe that for a minute. I believe that they kept people on the service. It's like Google+. Google Plus has its own app, and it has its web interface. And thank God the app is better than it used to be, and the web interface is quite adequate. Now, people are drifting away from Google Plus, most probably because they can't use Google Plus with TweetDeck, or they can't use it, you know, with some other tool that they're using as well. So, you know, who wants to open two or three different tools to get something done? Like TweetDeck, you can actually have Facebook and Twitter there. Uh, if you use both, in, in which I don't. Um, you know, I... But, you know, it, it's not the apps that have built Twitter. It's the apps that have kept people engaged in the community. And I think that's, that, that's a distinction that people need to make. Twitter was good prior to the apps. It's just held us together, and, and now we know what's possible. So uh, I, I just... Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sure people listening to the show, and even perhaps you, are, are sort of thinking, no, that's not really the way I, I, I believe it is. But I just look at it that way, and I, I think, why is everyone, all these smart people that I know saying that, you know, Tweetbot and so forth made Twitter. I mean, Tweetbot didn't make Twitter. If they go out of business tomorrow and there's an, another app that's better, I'll use that. You know, and I yeah. will remain on Twitter even if Twitter killed all all these uh, third party applications, I'm going to go back and use the the Twitter interface online. I'll use the Twitter app. It'll suck. I won't like it. But I'm not leaving Twitter. I love the service. I love the way we can interact. So the apps haven't 
in my opinion, uh, grown the, the Twitter service. It's just helped people use it a different way, had it a lot easier for people to use. But, you know, people still have to go to Twitter.com to sign up an account. Yeah, I I think um, I signed up for Twitter, well, I think it was in early 2007. Yeah, I believe it was. Um, so I've been on Twitter for quite a long time. But I did not use it a whole lot until I got an app because it was such a pain to go into the website and all that. But I know I started seeing uh, mentions of it, and, or not seeing, but hearing mentions of it in various podcasts I listened to. Um, and I thought, well, what is this? You know, it was the new thing out there. So I sent in a request, and I don't know, I can't remember if I got in on the beta or what it was with with Twitter because I was fairly early into it, and um, you know I didn't tweet a whole lot at first, and then, well, you know, tweet tweet tweetaholism, we'll call, <laughs> took over, and uh, I started it once I got an app, and I don't remember what the first client I was that I used with Twitter. You know, I, I take that back. I'm not so sure TweetDeck wasn't the first one I used. Um, and I've been through umpteen of them. I've got, um, I've flipped back and forth right now between uh, TweetBot for the Mac, the alpha release, and um, I'm back to using Yofukuru, or I got to be careful. Of, I know we have, <laughs> I, I know we have the uh, explicit tag, but I really don't want to try to sound like an idiot saying that. But anyway, I flip back and forth between those two right now because all the rest of them to me are crap. Mm. I don't like the way they work. Um, so and and everybody, please yell at your your device that you're listening to it on. Send us an email at gse at, uh, at gmail dot com and my, uh, my mac dot com. I mean my Excuse me, and uh, tell me I'm a complete idiot. Well, likewise, I mean, me too. I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm sure that my view isn't the common view. I'm sure that you know people would turn around and say no. It is definitely. And look, you know, they're just opinions. Whatever someone comes back and says to me, it's an it's an opinion as well. Um, I just don't, I, I believe the service is good. Um, not just the, the way you interact with it. And I just think the interaction has held the service together. Um, yeah. you know, and certainly some people would turn around and say, well, Hey, if the third party offerings aren't there, I'm going to leave Twitter. And it's like, all right, bye-bye. See you later. Go and pay you $50 to app.net and be unhappy in six months. You know, we'll see you back at Twitter when, when you come to your senses. Um, well, you yeah, because you look at things, the other things that have come up, and, you know, for whatever reason, they haven't worked. Jaiku was a good one. Mm-hmm. It came up. Um, I played with it a little bit. I There just wasn't a lot of people there. Um, then you had the competition to Facebook, because I, f- I think it was what it was supposed to be, because I freaking hate Facebook. Uh, I thought that was die. Google+. Plus. <laughs> die, Facebook, die. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, was, uh, Di- diaspora, or dias- however you say that, diaspora, or whatever I it was. Heard that one. Yeah, it was a, it was a, kind of like a Kickstarter, but it really wasn't a Kickstarter project, if I remember. I played with that for quite a bit. It was okay. I had some friends on there, but I just lost interest in it. And every time, it was the exception of uh, Google Plus, which I don't hang out there as much as I used to. Um, Twitter is. What I come back to time and time again. I mean, how many times have you and I had conversations that have gone on 
for a couple hours on Twitter. And I know you and he, you and he who shall remain nameless. uh, I mean, you and he, and then the three of us have had conversations on there. Sometimes it's through a direct message. Sometimes it's on the public timeline. So Mm -hmm. there's just something about Twitter. It's succinct. It's, 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 uh, it's immediate feedback. It's pretty quick gratification. It's, uh, you know, it's like SMSing and jump, being able to read all the SMSs as they go back and forth, text messages, mm-hmm. and then suddenly jumping into a conversation. You know, yeah. it's, so, it's extremely unique. Yeah, there was a great idea. I have to give the guys credit. Absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be using it. I don't care what happens. I'll just go back to using whatever Twitter offers if they kick everyone out. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be disappointing if they go down that track, but it's not going to change my usage patterns. It's, you know, I'm still going to use the service. And if they ever went bust, I'd go across to Google plus. There's no way I'd touch a paid service like app.net. Um, you know, I'd, I'd go back to Google plus and just use that constantly for my social interactions. Um, it's there, it's free. And you know, I shouldn't have to pay for social network and it should be ad supported. And, and plus we're such sociable people us geeks. Well, this we is, this is my only social, Social thin. I mean, you know, we've been having an <laughs> argument in the house the last couple of days because Gretel wants to go to this birthday party of an aunt of mine next week. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for my, my aunts and so forth, but it's like, uh, you know, it's a couple of hours drive and then you've got to grin and bear it with everyone else. And, I'm, you know, I'm just the odd person out in the room. And um, it's been like, uh, look, can we send a lovely gift instead of going to this... This birthday party. No, we can't send the gift. We've got to go to the birthday party. And it's like, ah, oh. And it's like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, okay, let's see how many different things I can load up on my iPhone. And let's see how many friends I can get to call me while I'm there on Skype so that I can say, sorry, I, I've just got to take this call and then go out and, and you know, kill half an hour. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I'll try and show you in the rotation there, <laughs> Kevin, and, and, see, and see if we can get something going. Unfortunately, I think because it's in the afternoon out here, you'll probably be snoozing away. But, uh, you know what, I might call you and wake you up just as an excuse. <laughs> And you yeah, know what? Like, I, I've done. I have done that before, where we've been somewhere, and and actually it was um, Tim and Scott were were just getting together for a general chit chat, and um, you know I called in, and, and Tim's going, you know, will you fix up your bloody Wi-Fi? It's, you know, your bloody uh, Skype connection. It's cutting in and out, and it's because where I was, the signal was crappy, and it's like, and I'm there, and I'm going. Oh, Effing this and effing that and effing something else. It's like, you know, and I'm, I'm just there. Tim, Tim, can you hear me? Please, please keep the connection going. I'm here. I can hear you. I'll, I'll just listen. <laughs> you know, and it, it was so funny. But I'll, I'll do anything to get out of a, a, a person-to-person social interaction. <laughs> especially, especially when, you know, I'm not comfortable with, with that, that interaction. You know, I'd much prefer small interactions with a small group of people maybe up to, you know, five or six people at a time. Going beyond that, then it's like, oh, you know, too many people around me and too many different conversations. And, yeah, you just don't know where to go with it sometimes. So, yeah, Twitter and social networks online, that's my escape. Well, you know, there's one other thing you could do when you're in those large groups that I've always found to be very helpful in getting you out of those uncomfortable situations. Fart? Fart. Yeah, fart. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know what's so incredible about that is that 
I thought that that was what you would do, you know, <laughs> and 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 that's what you exactly said. Talk about being on the same page. That is absolutely incredible. I, I love that idea. Well, I'm going to have to drink plenty of soft drinks so that I've got plenty of gas stored up for the event then. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, you know, I, we, we've I'm got sure D-Gas. Gretel will be happy about that. <laughs> oh, that that's all right. Gretel buys me the, these tablets called D-Gas, and uh, they, they do degasify me <laughs> somewhat, yeah. so... There's they have uh there's always an ad here in the uh in the states for what is it gas X mm-hmm. to get rid of your gas and I'm going well, what the hell kind of fun is that it's one of life's little pleasures oh yeah you know? no, nothing feels better than when you go oh Jessica got a wind over this you know you push on the get a little <laughs> and it's gone <laughs> yeah I mean and what's more enjoyable than that I mean is that's just part of being a guy we like to do those sort of things I mean. It yeah. brings us pressure. It brings us pleasure and relief all yep. in one you got, shot. You got a you got a fart. You got a burp. You got to scratch your your manhood and rearrange right. it too. It, it, you know, it's very important to make sure it's sitting comfortably. You know, Gretel will go. Why why are you doing this? You know, why why are you constantly readjusting yourself? And it's like because it's sitting wrong. You know, the <laughs> the, the meatballs and the sausage are in the wrong spot. <laughs> and it's like you've got to be comfortable. Well, now I've. Uh... Oh God! I'm afraid to say what I'm about to say, but the hell with it. Any guy that's that's reached a certain age will know that as you get older, uh, things start to hang just a little bit lower than they used to. <laughs> and, uh, Kevin, it's and, not and, just the guys that need to worry about gravity taking over. <laughs> well, that's true, but the guys are the only ones that can end up sitting on their own shit. Or their, excuse me, their own junk. <laughs> Oh, oh yes, and I must admit it does hurt. You know, even even when you sort of do the cross like the cross legged thing, it's like ooh, oh dear. <clears throat> well, do you do you think? I mean, we're about halfway through the show. Maybe not only about twenty, no, thirty minutes in. So we're about halfway through. Have, have we positively turned off all the the polite, you know, uh, upper class listeners to the show by now? Um, dude, I think they left about episode 53. <laughs> good, good. Well, well, now we can talk about Honey Boo Boo and, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't want, I don't want to talk about this again, but you did mention that something's shocking or interesting. So what happened this week on the Honey Boo Boo show? And you know, it makes me, it reminds me of the Yogi Bear show with, with Boo Boo. Boo Boo the Bear. You know, and, and that, that you know that's a great show, and I, I love the the um, the Yogi Bear movie. I've watched it with the kids, and the kids just laugh where Yogi's on on the train and he's got his butt hanging out, and the butt's bouncing on the fences as the train's going down the railway. So funny, but um, yeah, I mean this Honey Boo Boo thing. It's like come up with an original name, please. Don't don't destroy my childhood. But you have to say it right. It's here comes Honey Boo Boo. So, but I'll have to. Say, I have. It's funny. People at work heard me talking about it, and uh, they said, what are you talking about? And I told them about the show thing, and they said, I am not watching something like that. I said, don't judge. Watch one episode. I now am responsible for at least three other people watching the show at work. It has become the talk around the proverbial water cooler, as you as you used to say, and uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of that fact that Kevin, I have you're, introduced you're killing lower... society. <laughs> you, you're, yeah, kill, I... you're killing brain cells. <laughs> and that's my goal. I'm really trying to dive <laughs> down. 
But anyway, what happened on, I guess it was this week's episode of Honey Boo Boo, um, the mother took the kids to a water park, you know, where you have your tube slides and all that and, and all this stuff. And they're, they, they kept saying something about her feet. And they showed she had socks on, and she wouldn't take her socks off. They said, oh, Mom, take your socks off. She said, well, I'm very protective of my feet and all this stuff. And they said, and then they finally said, why? I said, years ago when she was working in a warehouse, her foot got run over by a forklift. Ooh. Okay, Ow. first of all, I'm trying to remember. I've been around forklifts. How do you not see a forklift? And coming at you. Yeah, but but look at the mother. I mean, the mother's got this this young girl dressed up, looking like a five cent hooker. I mean, clearly she's brain dead or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, the forklift generally has the wheels within the cab as well. They don't they don't have the wheels sticking out. So it's like, yeah, who yeah. knows? It, just very yeah, strange. But, but so anyway, they kept on and on because here she is. She's walking around this water park and she has socks on. You know, she's she's getting on the water slide and oh god, that was something to see that woman and going down the water slide and everything else like that. But I'm not going to go there. So anyway, they finally convinced her to take her sock off, and she took it off. And they didn't show her foot right away, but they showed her daughters. And they were going, "Oh, that's the grossest thing in the world." Then they show, and it looked like her big toe, I guess it was on her left foot, was all mangled by the, was all squished and nasty looking. And and then when she, then you look down and there were like bugs and stuff crawling around on it. It was like, oh. And she fanned them away. In the, it, I, it was, oh, it was the most disgusting looking thing in the world. And then she put her sock back on. I was like, oh. But I kept watching the show. So... <laughs> Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. We, we, you know, we need to get you into some new TV shows. And you know what? I've, I've found a, well, I've refound an old classic that I love, and I've found a brand new show. Now, let's talk about the brand new show. Uh, Matthew Perry, who was uh, Chandler Bin in Friends. And yes, I do like Friends. I sit down and watch it with my wife. Gretel loves it. And, you know, it, it's one of those, hey, look, Jennifer Aniston is hot. Okay, so is Courtney Cox, but anyway, I better say that, right? Her surname's interesting. Um, <laughs> what, what are you doing there, Kevin? It, Jennifer Aniston has a problem with the room being too cold too many times. Ah. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm sorry. And, I and, anyway, so yes, look, you know, we, we do enjoy that show in, in this household. It's one of those non-geek, non-sort of uh, sci-fi ones that we end up watching. Because Gretel, Gretel won't watch sci-fi. You know, she'll, she'll watch an episode of Star Trek, for instance, and she'll be asking me questions every five minutes. What's this and what's that? And it's like, oh, crap, just watch it. <laughs> don't ask me. Um, you know, it, you know what it's like, Kevin. Women just don't, don't get, not all women, you know, but the women that we have in our lives, they, they just don't get the, the real geeky side of, of stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, so... Matthew Perry's in this new show, uh, and I believe it's on NBC, called Go On. And it's it's about a guy, and he, he's the guy, of course, who uh, is a radio commentator, sports commentator, loses his wife through a car accident and basically is in denial and wants to just get back to work and, and work his ass off. And that's the way he's, he's coping with it. But, of course, the bosses where he, at the station he works at says, well, no, you've got to go through and talk about this and get it off your chest before you come back to work. 
And he ends up going into this sort of round table discussion, you know, 10 people, like an AA meeting kind of thing. And uh, it's just hilarious, just some of the things that he comes out with and, and the different characters that are there. It's really well done. I believe it's going to be an, an absolute hit. Uh, and if you want to check it out, just go to iTunes. It's a free episode. It's the pilot episode. Uh, two words, go on. And uh, you can download it, own it for free. It's, it's piracy without the um, dirtiness, <laughs> as I like to put it that way. I, You know, I find some of the greatest TV series, though, ever as free episodes and i just love it and in fact the twilight zone um they had a free episode pop up on itunes maybe a, a month or so ago and i thought oh i better i better get that episode because uh, it's been at least 15 years since i've actually sat down and, and watched a, an episode of the twilight zone and it's season two uh, episode six the eye of the beholder and this is the one where you've got the the hospital scene and you've got the doctor and the nurses and then you've got the the woman who's got the bandaged face and you know bandage after bandage and it's just such good suspenseful television and you know I remember seeing it back when I first you know watched it many years ago but I I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like you know what what comes off with the bandages, and of course, uh, I, you know what, it's been out long enough, I can do the spoiler. Well, she's the normal one, and, you know, the doctors and the nurses are the, the deformed, pig-faced-looking people, but of, of course, she's the, the odd one out, and it's just a flip on humanity. It's very similar to the Planet of the Apes-style uh, thought process, where what would happen if we were the odd species, or we were the, the different ones, and, you know, then talking about why do we look the way we do? Why, you know, do we have the features we have as a, as a human race? And it was just so suspenseful and so great. And that, I believe, is still free on iTunes. Get it in HD, that episode. And it, have it's, to. You know what? It's really got me back into the, um, the Twilight Zone. And, you know, all of this... All this free television show stuff is absolutely awesome in, in iTunes. You just go to the TV show category, and then in the quick show links, you've got free TV episodes, and then you can download free full-length episodes. And I'm just looking now, and, um, you know, they, they've just got, you know, interesting ones like Bizarre Foods have one uh, for people who like DNA profiling. There's a DNA profiling show. Uh, the pilot of Saving Hope is there. You know, variety of, of different shows for everyone's taste. But I, I've picked up some absolutely wonderful shows that, in all honesty, I would not have seen without that. Um, Tron, Uprising, um, that was available. Season 1, the pilot. Um, Transformers uh, Prime was also available as the pilot. Um, Justified was, was available, which is a very good show. The Office as well, Hell on Wheels, and it changes every week. You know, you get a new selection every week. And it, it's just great because it's like you can watch something and say, you know what, I I don't want to watch this again. Maybe, you know, if Honey Boo Boo was on, I could check it out for free and go, <laughs> oh, my God, Kevin needs to have his head examined. <laughs> or I might get stuck into it. <laughs> You know, I, I might get into it, but the good thing is, is that it's all there, it's for free, and, uh, you know, why not get into it, see what you can find, it's a lot of fun. But I, I think you need to start tweeting these things out, because 
I, I don't think about that. And you can be the other ha- part of my brain that helps me with that. <laughs> the remembering ex- part. <laughs> yeah. We'll externalize that. Well, see, what I do, because I work from home, Kevin, I, I sort of have the lunch times where, you know, I can sit down and, and it's like, okay, what am I going to watch today? And, you know, generally I like to watch sort of 25, 30 minute, um, you know, sitcom shows and so forth, because then I can get straight back into the riding that I need to do for the day. Sometimes, though, I, I do watch an hour length show, but it just takes, if, if, I'm, if I've had an unproductive morning, then it throws me out for the rest of the day. But doing this, it gives me a variety. I can go and, you know, once a week, generally on a Friday, I'll go and have a look. And I can just go and say, oh, I want to check out this, and I want to check out this, and I want to check out this. And then I can just play it at will. And it's amazing how many shows I've actually purchased, you know, from that first initial episode. And I've gone, this is a great show. This is absolutely brilliant. I've got to definitely, you know, catch up with this or, or get it. You know, something like The Twilight Zone. I've always known that I've enjoyed it, but I've never actually owned a copy. I've always just seen it on television. Well, now, guess who owns a copy? <laughs> you know, And get, guess who's buying all the seasons? And getting right back into it and really enjoying it. And um, you know, really, online services like iTunes have the ability to really bring this, you know, and, and make this a really good service for people to get into something and then go and buy the seasons. Um, you know, it really irritated me when iTunes turned around and said, you know what, we're not doing 99 cent TV rentals anymore. Because that 99 cent TV rentals was me checking out the first episode, maybe the second episode, to see whether or not I want to stick with the show for four seasons. Um, and when they took that away, it's like, oh, I'm not spending a dollar ninety nine and then owning the, the con. Okay, call me a tight ass, but it's an extra buck. It's like, you know, I could put that towards something I really want. Um, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, free TV shows on iTunes, it's like piracy just without being dirty. <laughs> so, uh Talk about being dirty. I, one of our uh, one of our fans, and also has been on the show with us. Uh, I know uh, Mark uh, Shepard made mention that he said uh, recently it was like within the last week or two. He said, you know, after he listens to the show every week, he feels like he needs to take a shower. <laughs> and I told, and and you know I told him, well, you know, we do too. So <laughs> you know what? For him to say that, that's saying something too, because uh, you know. <laughs> Mark is out there at times, especially on Twitter, if you do follow him. Yeah, sometimes it gets interesting, but it's always funny, which is great. Hey, Kevin, you uh, while we're on the topic of TV shows before we move on, you also mentioned last week and on Twitter that the Cartoon Network are morons. And you know what? After seeing your Twitter feed, I just have to agree. I don't know what the, the thought process is. And yeah, Anyway, do you want to explain to everyone... Why okay, they're morons, primarily. There, there's this new game. It's on Cartoon Network. Granted, uh, it's in beta format, and I can't even remember the name of the game. I'd have to go back and look. And my kids were all addicted to it. It's kind of like a Super Mario Kart game on Cartoon Network, using some of the stuff from one or two of the shows, I think, or something. I don't know. It really was. It's a well-done online game. And the kids wanted to play it. Well, they was uh, they needed another computer, and I said, "Well, here, use the MacBook Air." Well, they took the MacBook Air, fired it up in Chrome, went to it, and up pups pups 
pops this banner says, your computer must be running Windows OS. And I went, what the hell? In this day and time, granted, I'm a Mac bigot. We know that. You're a Mac bigot. We know that. It's okay. Macs still aren't the dominant platform. But there are enough people now on a Mac that really, seriously, what the hell is your game doing that it has to have the Windows OS? So, you know, I, I fooled and farted around, and it, it just made me so angry that they could be such morons. And it was the only game on there. All the rest of them played fine. But whoever the idiot developer was, was requiring it to run on Windows only. And then it had to install some stupid-ass player or something. Was, was it the... Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, was it built on the back of the .NET infrastructure? I don't know. I couldn't tell. Yeah, it was, it's I, just interesting. It's like, why, you know, would you would you single that out? It just it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, that, you know, Mac users aren't yet more than the Windows users. And, and whilst that's true, uh, Apple users as a whole kick Windows, you know, kick Microsoft's ass, basically. You know, our company's worth more money than yours. Nina, Nina, Nina. You know, we've got cooler stores than you guys do here. Um, Now, look, you know, there's a place for both, but singling out, you know, even, um, you know, the the flip side can be said for some of the developers that develop on iOS but then don't develop on Android or don't develop on on the upcoming Windows 8 platform. Um, You know, it's just like, really, why, you know give it to the audience. I know that there's no money and there's piracy and Android and stuff like that, but the same thing's going to happen on the flip side though, where people are going to buy unsuspectingly a device and, and then someone on an iPad, for instance, is going to go, Oh, you know what? I've got this cool game. And they're going to go looking for it on their device and they're going to figure out, ah, oh, crap. I bought the shitty Samsung one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it, it just blew my mind that, I mean, it's a web-based game. For God's sakes, why is the OS dependent? And then, you know, that was the beginning, and it just sent me down a terrible, terrible path. Mark, I did something that I'm probably going to regret for the rest of my life. I committed a sin. I installed Windows under boot camp on my poor, poor defenseless MacBook Air. It's never (laughs) done anything bad to me. And I did that to it. I felt like I had bastardized <laughs> the. You know, I I, I think the the crime, other crimes that have been committed against humanity weren't as bad as as me putting Windows on my MacBook Air. No, that. But that, you know that's, what? That's that's tragic, Kevin. You should go and buy a Dell. You know, because crap in, crap out. <laughs> But you want to know that I had to up, I upgraded it. I had never upgraded it to. I, I knew I was going to have to. I upgraded it to Lion because, if I'm not mistaken, it's old enough that it will not run um, Mountain Lion. So I got it to Lion, and I was going to have to do that anyway. So I did that, and then I did Boot Camp and put Windows Seven on it. Sucker runs Windows Seven pretty damn good. I have to yeah, say. It, it is is it is one of the great things. I mean, I run Windows Seven on my iMac under Boot Camp uh, because there's games out there that I want to play, 
And unfortunately, the game industry still doesn't believe that Mac users are large enough to warrant porting them. And, and to be quite honest, it does cost a bit of money to port the Mac games traditionally. There are other methods, though, um, of, um, I, I believe it's called Wine, um, that is, is one of the methods that can easily port the code across. Um, but that, they've just chosen not to do it. There's a few developers that are, but it's, it's few and far between. So there's still games out there that I want to play on, um, on the Windows side of the fence. And you know what? I love my Mac and yeah, it's a sorry world that I've got to put Windows on there. But you know what I, I sort of look at? I've got the best of both worlds with a Mac computer. I can run Windows and I can run Mac. Screw that PC users. Run a Mac box and then when you want to play in the Mac world, you've got a Mac. When you want to play in the Windows only world, play in Windows. If you never want to run the Mac side, you don't have to. You're still running Windows on the best hardware there is. Now, <laughs> there is one thing that I say with that though. Gamers, don't hate on me. Don't send me messages. I know that Macs are crap for updating and, and for running games on. So gamers, you get a free pass here. But everyone else who, you know, uh, is sort of just doing word processing, web-based searches and that, just go and buy the Mac. You can use both sides of it, and it's great. You know, the um, the ability to run Windows on a Mac, I honestly don't know why they don't have a big sign-up in, in the Apple Store saying, guess what? You don't need to go to the Microsoft Store. You don't need to go to Dell. You don't need to go to HP. Come here. We can put Windows on your computer too. Makes sense <laughs> to me. Well, you know, the other alternative is just to do what I did, buy a big-ass honking machine that you can run Windows in virtual which is yeah, what I do on my iMac. So the problem with virtualization is the games really aren't that that crash hot. I mean, you, you do cut down... Look, at you know, admittedly, I'm on old, older hardware too. It's a couple of years old. But you do limit the, the flexibility that you have with virtualization and playing games. If you're dealing with general apps, I think you'll be fine and, and perhaps more casual games. But if you're talking about... A game like Bioshock 2, for instance, uh, Darksiders 2, Transformers, um, you know, that I spoke about on a couple of uh, episodes ago, then you're really going to want to be running it directly on the hardware. Uh, you know, I'll have that's interesting. I'll have to give that a shot because, I mean, with the VM that I have set up for Windows, I dedicated, because I have a quad core, so I gave it two full cores, and I gave it... Uh, a gig of video RAM, and I gave it uh, four gigs of RAM, so it runs pretty well. Um, and plus, that converts over in virtual world when you give it that much physical resources, it actually reports more in the virtual side uh, of things. So the way you can configure it, I have uh, I haven't maxed it out or anything. And actually, I'm going to bump the RAM in my uh, iMac. I think I'm going to take it up to uh, either 24 or 32 gigs. Um, because I just want to do it. Oh. <laughs> well, I've, got got, I've got 12 on mine, and um, you know I can go up to 16 on mine, but 12 is fine. I don't hit the ceiling very often. Um, so right now, at this point in time, I can't say I need to go up to 16. And when I do, I'll probably have a new machine anyway. Well, you know, that we've discussed that before. It might be the best thing for me to do is to send you my 27-inch iMac, and then I have a reason <laughs> to buy another one. Yeah, they haven't even released the new ones yet. They're getting a, a little bit long in the tooth. But I suppose at the same time, if it's still fantastic technology, still running the latest gear, who really cares? 
So, so I guess the best way to close out this topic is Cartoon Network, you're morons. Fix the damn stuff so it doesn't have to run on Windows. I'm sorry. <laughs> I vented a little bit. That's I'm sorry. a bad person. That's, that's what this show's for, is for venting. It, if, if, there you go. You know what? If, if we didn't have this show, I'd explode. And, um, you know, because I look, I look at the other show, and uh, which is not another Mac podcast, and... I love the Mac. I write about the Mac. I write about the iPad, the iPhone, apps, and everything to go along with it. I also do the show. It's just a little too Mac-ish. <laughs> you know what I mean? I find myself sometimes going, you know what? I need to play this game on the iPad via the Apple TV so that I can finish the review. Uh, you know what? I, where's my Nintendo DS? <laughs> you know... I, I tend to do that quite a bit where I just need to escape and, and do something with a different piece of kit. You know, it's funny. I'll have to tell you something. That was last weekend. I wanted, uh, as I said before, I've been, and I'm not complaining, I've been working some extra hours at the office, which is okay. I'm, and I'm thoroughly enjoying the project I'm working on. Um, but I wanted to spend some time with the kids and I wanted to get away from the computer. So got out the game table, dug into the closet, and I found two old board games. One of them's not made anymore. One still is. And we sat down and played them. The one really old one that my uh, son dearly loves, and we're going to play again this weekend, and we've played it before, is a game called Emergency. It's based on the old television show from the late 60s, early 70s, about uh, paramedics. And this is when paramedics were the new thing in Los Angeles. Um, you can see, you go. I think you can see some clips from the show on YouTube. Probably, it starred Kevin Ty and God. I can't remember the other character's name, the actor's name. Um, I I remember as a kid though, dearly loving the show and what it's about. The the game itself, it's kind of this mappy looking thing of a city. And it has these different spots highlighted, and what you do is you draw a card, and then you have to spin the spinner and move your little fire truck looking thing from your station around and get to where the call was. It'll say like emergency, go to area three. Uh, somebody's got their toe stuck in the drain on a pool or, you know, something, something like that. And the first person to be able to complete, you can play four people and the first person to go out, come back and do that three times, three different places. And sometimes you also have to go to the hospital on the way back. Um, wins the game. It's just a stupid, simple game, but my kids love to play it. And it, it's really kind of neat. I'll have to uh, I'll have to see if I can find some pictures of the game. I know yeah, I've seen pictures. Interesting. On, if not, I'll take some when I get the game out and we'll put them in the show notes. The other game which we played uh, which the kids thoroughly enjoyed was the game of Risk. You know, World Domination. Years. My kids absolutely adored it until I beat them. They were having... <laughs> You big money, Kevin. Well, you know what's funny? And, and can you guess which continent I took over first? Hmm. I better dominated. Not, better not I dominated. be my continent. It was. Oh. I dominated Australia. Then I took South America. And my armies grew in power. And we grew in you, pa- you power up, hungry man. <laughs> we gobbled up Africa and then we gobbled up Central America. 
And then wasn't long before North America fell under my evil spell. <laughs> and then Europe. And then finally I just crushed it with eight was it eight? Is it called hey, it's Asia. The big one. And my daughter got mad and left the room. But <laughs> <laughs> have I ever told you about Monopoly? Oh, I love Monopoly. I hate it. I really oh, hate it. Gretel can beat me in that game like nothing else. And unfortunately, in that game, life definitely imitates art. <laughs> because <laughs> she earns more money than I do. And in the game, she sends me bankrupt all the time. I don't know what it is. Oh, so. I love that. We used to play that when I was a kid. And we'd play that game for like a one game. I don't mean multiple games. But one game for a week at a time. And we would play it for so long that the bank wouldn't have enough money in it anymore. <laughs> we kept calculators or pad and pencil, and we'd just say, okay, you take you know, $2,000 out of your account, and I'll add 2000 And that's what we had to do because we'd play for so long. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know what I was just looking up? Uh, Risk is actually on the iPad. I knew that I'd seen a, a digitized version of the game. Um, it, it's on the iPad in HD and it's 99 cents. Got pretty good reviews too. So, I might have uh, to that. Yeah, definitely have a look. I don't know if it's got multiplayer functionality in it, but, uh, you'd assume that it should have. You know what I miss they used to have and they, they maybe they still have, uh, um, uh, that that they used to have, a, they, they had it for Battleship, and I can't remember the other games that they had. Was uh, uh, the ones you played by email? Do you remember those games? They were out years ago. Nice. Where, yeah, you'd play them by uh, you'd email back and forth. You know your moves and stuff like that. Oh, it's been That's eon. Cool. Yeah, you, you, to- you know what? I, I the only thing I can sort of put it that's similar recently is if you've got two iPhones uh, and an iPad, you can, you know, play games like that and then you've got, you know, your controller, you can just see what's on the iPhone and then you've got the general deck that's on the, the iPad, they're pretty cool as well. You can do that with Scrabble and and a few other games uh, that EA have, have released and it's really good party type games, you know, you can um, have a lot of fun using the devices you've got and everyone has. Yeah, it's I, I I mean I just dearly love that and the kids really um really had a blast. I think we killed most of last Sunday just sitting there around the table. Um I and the funny thing was too, I flipped up the Roku. I mean, we were go totally back to the 60s and I had the old television show Petticoat Junction stream <laughs> in the background. And they we were just in hog heaven sitting there had that playing in the background and we were playing these ancient board games and stuff like that so it you know, was, you know it, what if it was fun years ago it's still going to be fun today um you know that that's why I'm, I'm still very much into old movies old tv shows um you know it's as good as it ever was you know you may look at it a little bit differently um but you still enjoy it you still have fun with it yeah it's it was we had we truly had a ba- uh, blast blast pay up uh, God, I can't speak tonight. New set of teeth, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, had a blast playing it. And uh, I think uh, we'll probably, as, as winter comes on, I've, I found some more of my old board games uh, that I'm going to have to dig out and let the kids try. 
I think they'll have well, a real. You know what, Kevin? As long as they don't get bored with the board games, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> good play on words, my friend. <laughs> and uh, before we finish out the show, let's have a, a quick chat. You, you've got to blame David Grealish for your vintage computer video addiction at the moment. What is going on there? All right, David, you're, I know you listen to the show. We don't know if you like the show, but we know you listen to the show. I'm blaming you. I started watching uh, your podcast on YouTube. Very good show. I enjoy that. Uh, I encourage our listeners to go over and check it out. Uh, uh, it's it's a great show to watch. We'll put a link to it in the show notes to the episodes. But I got to thinking about these old shows back in the day before the Internet, and I remembered the old show Computer Chron- The Computer Chronicles hosted by a guy named Stuart Chaffee. Um, and it used to be on PBS, Public Broadcasting System, here in the States. And I looked, and dang it at all, if not a whole bunch of the episodes were on there. And they're like half hour, give or take a half hour in length. And I have pissed away more time over the last two weeks watching episodes. And these are shows from the 80s. And the 90s, the heydays of the Amiga, the Atari ST, um, when the Mac Classic first came out, when they introduced the Mac Quadras, you know, the hot new hotness in the you Mac. You know what? I, I used to drool over the Quadra. I seriously wanted the Quadra 950. I never got it, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. I should always go back and buy those computers I never got. It's the same thing I've always regretted buying the, the Sawtooth uh, Power Mac uh, G4 from 98. The Cube was out at the time, and it was so cute. I, if, oh, I love the looks of that thing. You know, and it's like... I went and bought that Power Mac because I thought, oh, you know, I'd better go with that so I've got expansion. And it's like, you idiot. you got this big hunk of ugly junk. <laughs> you know what's funny, Kevin? I actually went to the Apple store recently because I've been, you know, just going to see what's available and see whether I want to actually buy anything new. I, I go and open all the apps and see if they load faster. Um, <laughs> and, you know, plus I've, I've got the convinc- uh, I've got the kids convinced that they've got to go and buy me a, a MacBook Pro with a retina display. <laughs> and Gretel's pulling an air out because of it because every time they go out, are we going to the Apple store to buy that air retina display MacBook Pro? <laughs> I'm mean and I'm cruel, but anyway, it, it's payback for making me go and socialise with other people. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I went and, and saw the, the Mac Pro and, you know, I've heard online, you know, different people saying, I really need to read this one. I'm like, oh, why? It, it looks great. It, you know, it looks fine. That thin, I couldn't get over how big it actually was. I mean, even just the front panel is massive and then once you get the depth in and the height in and everything, it's like, wow, I really didn't recall recall them being that enormous. You're so used to the IMAX that we both use and they're, they're thin and they're on a nice, lovely stand. You're used to the iPad and the iPhone and, and even the, the Mac laptops. Nothing's chunky anymore. The chunkiest thin is the Mac Pros and I, I yep. just, I thought that was hilarious. It's like, okay, now I really understand why everyone's been saying it needs a redesign because it's chunky, it's old and it looks, you know, ancient really. Yeah, I I, I wonder too at some point when, when my iMac is quote unquote too old to be usable, if, uh, if it'll still be capable of doing it, if I'll just buy a Mac Mini and then just use the iMac as the display. That's an option. It's certainly a good option, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I, I really wonder if I'll... I mean, I don't know if that's where I go. My iMac is... It's only a year old. So, you know, that decision's at least three years, if not four years away from me. So, um, yeah, so, but so I, you know... Certainly the Mac Minis aren't anywhere near your iMac at, at the moment anyway. At, you know, unless you buy the server model where you can throw an SSD into it and where you can uh, run four cores, because it's still a dual-core system. So, you know, that that's a bit of a disappointment, actually. But, you know, they need to have the product tiers. Otherwise, you know, why would they get you to spend two and a half, three thousand dollars $3,000 on a four-core system if they can sell it to you for 600 bucks? you know? Yeah, I, I I think by then I'll probably need a uh, octa-core or something like that. I'm <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting sh- to see what the computers are, are like. Then, you know, we're, we're referencing classic uh, computer shows looking forward it's like you know it's just amazing if you look at tablet devices the amount of computing power in that the amount of computing power in your smartphone you look at how small these things are getting how thin they're getting and it's like what is a desktop computer going to be other than this piece of glass that just sits on the desk and then you know where where are we going with it because sooner or later they've they've got to stop getting thinner they've got to stop they won't get more powerful that'll continue of course but there's only so many ways you can redesign a desktop computer. Maybe my mind just doesn't think, you know, widely enough. But, you know, that's like the, the whole Samsung Apple thing that's been going on recently. Um, you know, that's more the user interface. But if you look at the, the physical design of the products, whether it's an Android tablet, whether it's a, an Apple tablet, bottom line is... It can only get so thin and it can only be a certain size and it can only, you know, it can only look a certain way. You cannot redesign perfection once you've reached that <laughs> perfect mark. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Apple's reached the perfection or, or Android has either. Um, in fact, I don't like the iPad 2 and the iPad 3rd generation um, because it's a little bit too thin and a little bit too tapered on on the edges uh for me i i like the the feel and the ruggedness of the um original ipad it, it reminds me you know when the 3gs and the 3g iphones came out i looked at them and i went oh man they're sissy curvy lines on the back um and when the <laughs> iphone 4 came out it's like yep that's a man's iphone it's got sharp edges it's solid for a man's hand that's a man's iphone if they screw up the the design of the iphone I ain't buying one. I just, you know, I've, I've seen pictures of, of the supposed and rumor sites, the iPhone 5 with it being longer. It's like, please don't screw up with what I'm doing. It fits perfectly in my pocket. If I have another thumb size longer, when I bend over, it's fallen out of the shirt pocket and it's going to break on the ground. Yeah, or so, end up in the loo. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that'd be... God, imagine having a fish a, a phone out of the loo. Imagine taking it to the Apple store. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it happened. Well, you know, I, I i mean, I have an iPhone, and I use that primarily for work-related stuff. But for just phone calls and stuff, I have a cheap little phone. Uh, I, I, I've still got one of those phones that actually sits on my desk. You know what I do with it? it it's for people who I don't want to talk to. So, <laughs> I, look, ser- seriously, the people who I want to talk to have my iPhone number and, and, and all my... Good communications come through there. The assholes in my life 
get the number that's attached to this old little Motorola L6. <laughs> and then what happens, this doesn't go anywhere with me. It just sits on the desk. It, you know, sometimes I use it as a, a doubled up um, alarm clock. Uh, but then, you know, when people call, it's like, okay, they can leave a message. I can see the message. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to contact you. You know. Yeah, it, but I I got something like they're cheap little flip phones, feature phones as they've they've get, uh, become. I don't I don't know yeah. why they're called feature phones. It doesn't have any features. <laughs> it's got a camera yeah, that's like VGA and oh, it's got Bluetooth. There's your feature. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mine, yeah, mine. But I, you know, over the course I've had them, I've washed three, four of these things. But I mean, I only pay like nine dollars for the phone between five and nine dollars. Mm-hmm. So I wash them, they get dried, my wife hands it to me and said, here, you washed another one. <laughs> so, fine, you know, no, no skin off my ass. I, I just call up the company, I say, look, the phone's dead, I've got a new one here. They transfer my credit, they transfer my phone number over, it goes live, and life goes on. And I'm, you know, and if I drop the thing or, you know, anything happens to it, yeah. If I drop my iPhone, Ooh, you know, story. once my heart starts beating again, <laughs> I check to see if it's okay, you know. Yeah, you go, you go through that slow motion kind of thing when the iPhone goes and, and, you know, you can sort of see it happening and it's like, if only I could move at hypersonic speed, I could catch this thing and save the day. But, it, yeah, it doesn't happen you, very if, often, does it? <laughs> no, if you could move like uh, Sheldon when he thought he was Flash on the episode <laughs> of Big Bang Theory. Oh, that, that's a funny episode. I, I do enjoy that one. Oh, very good. Well, yeah, so any, anyway, David, you, uh, you've you driven Kevin nuts, but you know what? I think secretly, deep down inside, I think Kevin's had a lot of fun reminiscing over the, uh, the old computer days. And certainly, it's always fun to go back and watch stuff like that. You don't want to do it on a regular basis, but every five years or so, checking something out, that's got to be a lot of fun. It is. Uh, there's one good episode. Uh, you can search for it real easy. It's an episode with John C. Dvorak. He must have been probably 30 years old. You're kidding. That guy or, was actually or, young? Yeah. My God, 30, was, 30. Was, was he still grumpy? Yes. Oh. He was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's take, showing how to disassemble an IBM PS2. Showing how wow. simple it was. That'd be cool. And, you know... It was it was neat back then. I mean, it really was a, a a leap forward in technology. But I encourage the listeners to go look at that. I think he has red hair in the episode or reddish brown hair. I mean, I've been so used to him having gray hair. Right, that, yeah. that, that, that's, that's why I said, "Wow, he was actually young." <laughs> you know, some people are like that. You you know them for their their current persona, and you know, I, I passed maybe five years ago. We've had no idea who he was, so I've only known him as this guy who's aging now. And uh, as a result, you don't think, oh, yeah, you know, he was a young guy as well. It's kind of funny to, you know, see them then when that all changes. Well, there's there's other people on there, and I know we're, we need to wind up, but I'll, there's like um, the guy that runs Revision 3. Crap, I can't think of his name. Uh, the CEO. Oh, crap. He was with PC World Magazine and... PC mag for a while, and I know there's yeah, people shouting. Yeah, escapes me as well. But there's Scott Bourne when he was younger, talking about stuff and talking about video on the web and all this stuff. And I watched one episode where they were talking about the new release of Eudora and how exciting it was. And, you know, 
It was I, right. anyway. Is, is Eudora even around anymore? I I don't know. I think it's been open source now or something. I know there was something in the news about I, it. Not, I, I used to use it back in the late nineties. Oh. I I used it as my main go to um go to uh, email uh, app, but. At that time, I was also using Windows a lot more than I was Mac, so I was actually using it on the the Windows side, and it was purely, you know, work related that I had to to use the Windows for that side of things. There's a, there's an episode there too of the uh, now that the Mac it was right after the release of the Mac, it was the first Mac World where this show went and reported from the very first Mac World. That's you know, the cool. Mac's been out for a year now; it has its own show and. Here's here's all the cool things you could do with it, you know. I, I've got to ask, what what did the first MacWorld look like? Was it just like guys with trestle tables set up and hey, here's a Mac and here's the software? Or was it the glitz and glamour that it is like now? It is very similar to that. Um, uh, it's at the I believe it's at the Moscone Center. It's in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure it's at Moscone Center still. But it was uh, it's really interesting to go back, you know, and they show. Oh yeah, we're really excited about the Mac platform, and we're bringing this application over and that application. It's not just McPaint and you know, and all that is the applications that are available. So uh, I would encourage the listeners for if you know if you remember those days as us old timers do, or you've read about them in the history books, um, go, go out there and take a look. We'll put a link to uh, one of the shows in the. Uh, uh, in the uh, show notes, so that people can go have a look. Hopefully, it's not country restricted, but we'll see. It's, well, it's, if it's on YouTube, it'll be fine. So, so. that's always good. No, it sounds interesting, and certainly I love going back. It, even the you know, f- go back five years ago, go back six years ago, and and watch a, a keynote from MacWorld that Steve Jobs delivered with you know the latest thing. You know, he'll pull out you know something out of his pocket, a little iPod or something, and. And throw it up on the display, and you know everyone was cheering and roaring, and it's like, what's an iPod now? <laughs> you know the the market it, it's still big, but it, it's very small in comparison to what we were all talking about, you know, six years and and so ago. It's a, a completely different world. It'll be interesting to see what we'll think of the iPad and the iPhone, you know, and those types of devices in another six or seven years, where that'll go. And then looking back and. And, you know, I, I remember when he came out on, on stage and was talking about the, the revolutionary uh, MacBook Air and he, he sort of pulled it out of the envelope, held it in his hand, and that, that's the original one that you've got. And, you know, they were just prohibitively expensive now. And now they're so common and, I, and you see everyone with them and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's a $1,000 computer. It's a throwaway computer. Once you've had a couple of years with it, throw it in the bin, get another one because it's not worth worth much at all. And uh, but back then, I, I remember, and this is this is Australian dollars, but to get the one with the um, flash storage, because correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but it wasn't SSD storage, was it? Uh, well, wasn't didn't originally they all originally they all had spinning hard drives. It wasn't till like the second or third generation that not the what's current now that they put out ones that you could get a solid state drive in really because I, I thought that the first one had solid state but it was about five or six thousand dollars australian to actually pick one up you I'm know i to, can't remember i'm gonna have to look back in in the history books and and see but either way the one with the spinning drive was about three thousand australian dollars now it's just laughable it's like yeah 
you know, go out there, lay, you know, $1,000 down and, and you've got your, your brand new MacBook Air. Not that Mark does, but, you know. It's not like I haven't been asking for one for long enough, Kevin. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, just do like you usually do. Buy it, put it aside, and let Gretel give it to you. Yeah, but by the time she does that, she'll do something mean. I'll buy it now, and then she'll put it aside for six months, and then I won't get it. So, actually, today's Saturday when we're recording. First of September in Australia. Second of September in Australia is Father's Day. So I've got gifts coming tomorrow, and, uh, you know, gifts I've already purchased. And then on the 25th <laughs> of September, I've got my birthday. So I've, I've got between now and my birthday to convince the kids to literally twist Gretel's arm around the back of her back and all the way up and and take her to the Apple store. I mean, properly take her there and uh, say, we've got to buy this for daddy. (laughs) I know it's not going to happen, but, you know, I like to dream it will. But uh, you know what? I've also, I have also, in all seriousness, said to Gretel, listen, just please don't buy me computer gear. Don't buy me tech gear. I need to choose what I need to buy and, and spec it out the way I want it. Otherwise, I'm just not going to be happy. <laughs> and you know we've spoken about that before on the show where, where I send her back with the technology because I'm not happy. <laughs> and I was God like, bless no, her. I don't want this one. You're getting me this one. <laughs> yeah, she has uh, to put up with a lot. She said, God bless her. Absolutely. And on that note, we shall, uh, you know, let the kid, uh, let the kids, let the listeners, hopefully of none which are kids, because this is an explicit show, but we'll let the listeners get back to their daily lives. Uh, Kevin, where can you be found if they want to get in touch with you? Well, you can always uh, get my attention over on Twitter at twitter.com slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A, or you can go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and find links to me there. Uh, I'm on. I hang out on Google Plus once in a while. It's getting close to time for me to have another Google Plus hangout. Uh, so I'll send out the invites when I'm ready to do that. And never know, it could happen this weekend. We'll have to see. Sounds good. If I'm available, I'll be there. And certainly for anything relating to me, simply head across to markgrantree.com. And for anything relating to the show, simply go across to geekiestshowever.com, leave us some feedback, tell us how good we are, how crap we are, whether you like Tim's new design of the site, and uh, any feedback that you've got, uh, you know, criticisms, uh, as long as it's constructive criticisms, you can call us anything we like, just be constructive with us, tell us (laughs) what you want us to do, don't just say you're a bunch of idiots, tell us why we're idiots, and what we can do to not be so idiotic. Uh, so simply send those emails to gse at mymac.com. Well, thank you for listening and subscribing. Until next week, take care. And between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. I'm Elisa Pisali. I'm Suze Gilbert. I'm Vicki Stokes. And we're the three geeky ladies. You could be watching Hoarders. Or you could be reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You could be ghost hunting. Or you could be listening to the three geeky ladies. So put down that book, shut off the TV, and turn on your iPod. And listen to the three geeky ladies. Find us on iTunes under the Stoplight Network.